2: Oh boy, social media is blowing up and there is much to discuss today on the show. Jordana and Paul, David at the helm, thank you for joining us. And of course, the breaking news within the last few hours, we of course have learned that Minneapolis police officer who fatally shot Amir Locke will not be charged with anything in his death. And we all agree, I think, that Amir Locke should be alive today. This is tragic and sad. And whatever system is set up where a police officer can bust into your home and a lawfully owning gun owner can get murdered on his couch is a system that needs changing. I understand that maybe, you know, the the Keith Ellison, the attorney general, and Mike Freeman, who's the county attorney, I understand that maybe this followed the letter of the law. But for me, there is just an injustice here because no justice will be served in the death of an innocent person who was just sleeping on his couch lawfully owning a gun and i know also today that no knock warrants have now been officially banned even though we thought they were before in minneapolis but if i was a if i was a lawful gun owner that kept my gun next to my bed you know, at night, I would be very concerned that there are no repercussions, because you're supposed to be allowed to protect yourself in your own home. And it seems like there is no justice for people that that may do that. Um, again, I, I understand there's no changing this because the system is not set up for people like Amir Locke. But hopefully, not only will the system be changed, that there will be no knock warrants, this is a good step forward. But somehow, there should be some justice for Amir and his family. And maybe that'll come in the form of a civil suit. You know, Amir Locke's family can absolutely file a civil suit and Minneapolis police pay millions and millions of dollars out for exactly this kind of thing. When there is an accident on the job or there is a screw up, they pay millions of dollars that taxpayers pay for, of course, to the to whoever is the victim of a, a crime or, excuse me, whoever is the victim, you know, of a civil suit in Minneapolis. So I know money will never bring a person back, and it is not true justice. But at this point, it's their only recourse.
3: It is tragic. Uh, no, no tragic. question about that. Tragic. Absolutely, this this is a tragedy. Nothing is going to bring back a mere was justice done? We can we can debate that again. I haven't seen all the evidence, um, but I I'm heartbroken, and I'm disappointed Agreed. by this. But that said, is this a travesty of justice? I mean, we we will see. I don't think we've seen the last chapter of this right. story. And hopefully, the fact mm. that now they really mean it, Minneapolis, no more no knock warrants. Hopefully, we won't have more tragic accidental deaths in, in the months mm-hmm. and years to come. I I hope so. I hope something good Agreed. comes out of this horrific story, Jure.
2: Agreed. Agreed. And in fact, we're going to talk more about it at 335. Rachel Pelos, University of St. Thomas Law School, former U.S. attorney. She's going to help us break down some of that case. So we are definitely going to um, be chatting more about that. But uh, coming up next, we're going to get into it with Professor David Schultz. We have lots of questions, right? You and I yes, have been interested in this Hunter Biden laptop story. We want to talk about that. Um, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. We want to ask him about that. So lot, lots to discuss. What's on your yep. mind that you want to bring up with him?
3: I want to talk a little bit about the GOP and how Americans at this point can be rooting for Putin and Russia. I boy, just, I, I'm boy. just, I'm fascinated and a little horrified and disgusted by that. Got some questions for Professor Schultz. That's coming up next. Jordana and DJ and. An extra confused Paul Douglas. I'm sitting here scratching yeah. my head, wondering why some Americans, I think it's a minority, but why some Americans are supporting Vladimir Putin and Russia, autocratic Russia, over democratic Ukraine. How How is Crazy. that possible? Crazy. Fox News, uh, Tucker Carlson's monologues. Repeating conspiracy theories about U.S. bioweapon labs in Ukraine have been so supportive of Putin, they've been replayed on Russian state television. Madison Cawthorn has called Zelensky a thug and says democratic Ukraine is incredibly evil and has been pushing woke ideologies. Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar... We're part of a conference in which white nationalists cheered on Putin's attack of Ukraine and chanted his name. And even the former president is on record a couple of weeks ago calling Putin's invasion brilliant. And yesterday, 63 Republicans, many of them Trump's most loyal defenders and supporters in Congress, voted against a resolution expressing support for NATO including defending democracy, individual liberty, human rights, and the rule of law. So I am baffled. I need some help, some perspective, and hopefully poli prof David Schultz from Hamlin can provide that. Uh, those soothing words. Are there any soothing words? Hey, David, welcome.
4: <laughs> I'm not sure. What is going people- on? Yeah, this yeah, this this is perplex This is very perplexing. Let me give a couple of explanations for why possibly, but I still say it's perplexing. Okay, so one of them, um, you know, why the Republican attachment um, or like with Putin? Obviously, you mentioned one of them because Donald Trump has expressed support um, for Putin, and therefore, people who are Trump supporters are also going to support Putin. But also, think about um, um, Vladimir Putin is really a social conservative you know and, and within russia um he's aligned himself with the church he's aligned himself um against um um gay rights um against against um, um abortion and so forth and i think for some um conservative republicans certainly not all of them but for some of them that attra- that social conservatism um is also attractive and aligns with where they are politically so, I would think those would be a couple of reasons, but what is perplexing um, is this vote against NATO. Because uh, if I think of one of the most successful and important alliances um, that America has, has had, like and I'm going to say in recent memory, it has been NATO, and it's been NATO's defense of, of democracy in Europe um, that has been probably the cornerstone of so much of American foreign policy. But it's that social conservative, I think, that's really at rock bottom in terms of the support for it.
3: Yeah, NATO's kept the peace for, what, 77 years? I think the longest stretch that Europe has gone without a war until now. So I just, And look, and, and it passed. It passed. This resolution supporting NATO did pass. But again, I was just baffled that 63 Republicans voted no when it came to the rule of law, supporting democracy, individual liberty. Uh, it, it, that's what baffles me. So I'll I'll, I'll move along. No, but uh, I, no, no, no,
4: I was going I to say I, I still agree with you on this because also remember um, at one point I think Donald Trump expressed um, reservations about whether or not the United States should stay in NATO. And, and, and again, I think most people pushed back and said that no, NATO is an important bastion of defense, and what it's really our creation. It's 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 enforcing our American democratic values.
2: It blows my mind. A murderous dictator and Americans are, you don't have to respond to that. I just can't believe that any americans would defend or align themselves or even use the excuse that oh we have the same we're aligned morally or what that's just it's just completely insane to me hey um uh, professor schultz i want to ask you uh, we haven't delved into this hunter biden case and we know last week a report from the washington post um said that hunter biden the president's son signed a contract with an executive with a chinese energy company and according to the post It was over the course of about 14 months that this Chinese energy conglomerate paid him $4.8 million, paid entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle $4.8 million. Now, I have many questions about this. First of which, is this illegal? It, It looks bad. It looks really bad, but is it illegal?
4: Right now, it doesn't look like anything illegal has happened. And I say right now because we obviously don't have all the facts in place. Now, assuming... Um, the president um, or, or at one point, the ex-president, ex-vice president, you know, we, mm-hmm. before he became president, um, that is B- Biden. Um, assuming um, no government resources were used or leverage was used, if this is purely a private deal, uh, and it, um, then there's nothing illegal going on here. Now, if there's some kind of effort to bribe the president of the United States um, or, or Hunter Biden is bribing government officials um, Mm -hmm. in china then we've got a problem Um, but right now it looks awful it looks terrible it looks like there's some relationship going on here that his son is maybe leveraging his father's influence but right now um no laws appear to have been broken
3: and i'm still trying to figure out professor schultz why hunter biden would leave his laptop (laughs) at a repair shop in delaware with with all this information on it but here's i mean the and you touched on this the optics are not good this chinese energy company has close ties to the chinese communist party and the people's liberation army the secret service detail protecting hunter biden has been paying more than thirty thousand dollars a month a fancy malibu mansion close to hunter biden's home again the optics are are not great regardless of the illegality or possible illegalities involved right
4: absolutely correct and oftentimes you know when i have people call me and they say is it illegal and i say no, things are not illegal but that still doesn't make it right and in a mm-hmm. situation like this you may have what undue influence going on you may have conflicts of interest going on um, just because the existing law um, says it's okay at the end of the day does it make something like this permissible and on top of which um, even if something um, doesn't really violate the law but it looks bad what i oftentimes tell people is that for most of us, appearance is reality. You know, I used yeah. to hear elected officials say, oh, if you only knew all the facts, you would reach a different conclusion. And I would come back and say, no, for everybody, what we see is what our reality is. And so right now, this is not looking very good um, in terms of this relationship between Hunter Biden um, and, his, and his father. And, and I think of a situation where you would think that his son would be more scrupulous about trying to avoid any type of relationships like this because it really does compromise his father's ability to be president of the United States. Yeah.
2: And I believe that Joe Biden is on record having said, I told Hunter, you probably shouldn't do this. I think he Mm -hmm. has publicly said that. Like I warned my son, you probably shouldn't do this. You probably shouldn't do this. But I guess Hunter went ahead and made those connections anyway.
4: Yeah. And uh, Speaking for many parents who probably have things that their adult children do that they wish they did not. Um, I bet that's where um, President Biden is at this point, saying, I wish my adult child would not do X. Hmm. But he's an adult child. Does he get to make his calls in life? I guess he does. Yes,
2: he does. Well, we want to end on a little bit of fun because we heard... And, you know, appearances are often the reality. We heard that there was a big debate uh, with Bigfoot and Sasquatch in your classes this week. And I know for a fact that, that Bigfoot is real because I saw him crossing Route 80 in northeast Pennsylvania uh, when sure. I was driving Before. home uh, about 20 years ago.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's, what's the debate? <laughs> well, what was it? The I don't know how it got started in class. We were talking about appearance, reality, and stuff like that. And I was talk, making an example about Bigfoot versus Sasquatch. And someone said they're the exact same thing. And I said, what do you mean Bigfoot and Sasquatch? I, I thought they were different entities or persons. So we got into this raging debate about whether they're, whether they're, they're completely separate. And then someone brought up and said, well, where does the abominable snowman fit in? So I will throw this to you. And maybe this ought to be your discussion even after I'm getting off. Awesome. Did we lose him? What oh,
2: happened?
4: no. Oh, no. Sus- we did mean for you Sus- to Sasquatch get off so
3: Bigfoot got him. <laughs> you don't talk smack about Bigfoot because he hey, will track won- you down.
2: I, want, I, th- I think the line dropped, but I was also wondering if they came to a conclusion. Um, Paul, do you have a conclusion? I, I don't know if Bigfoot and Sasquatch are the same thing. I thought they were one and the same.
3: But I, I'm not so? deep into the whole Bigfoot right. thing. I'm, I'm not. DJ, what's going on? Well, the line dropped. And okay? obviously, this is a bunch of BS. But I just saw this weird dark figure <laughs> down the hallway. Hold on. Let me wait. Let
4: me check that
3: out. I've got to go see what's going on. Wait,
2: I don't security. know. According weird to, things are happening. According what's to the Encyclopedia on? Britannica, yes, they have an online presence. Sasquatch also called Bigfoot. So maybe that's another name for, for the Bigfoot. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Big hairy ape-like monster. Yeah, okay.
2: we will keep debating that for for sure. But when we return, Rachel Paulos, former U.S. attorney, will join us to talk about the no charges being filed in the Amir Locke case. Next, I <laughs> <are> getting depressing.
3: <laughs> He's just cutting me off now. He's censoring my weather forecasts. <laughs> Just, we're done with you, Paul. Still
2: crappy out there. Yeah, wow, wow, that is depressing. I know our next guest is really mad about the forecast, so she's going to vent, but we actually, of course, have her on for a serious reason. Uh, The news broke today that the Minneapolis officer who fatally shot Amir Locke during that no-knock warrant raid at um, the apartment in which he was staying, will not be charged with anything. And it was interesting because we were talking to David Schultz about the Hunter Biden laptop, and he said, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop, there doesn't seem to be anything illegal here, uh, but it looks really, really bad, and it's probably bad policy. And I feel like we're almost in a situation with this, the, the Amir Locke thing. Like maybe, you know, uh, Attorney General Ellison or Mike Freeman couldn't find anything to charge the officer with, and maybe it wasn't illegal what he did, but it looks really, really bad. Bad. And joining us is Professor Rachel Paulos from the University of St. Thomas Law School. And uh, as you know, she is a former U.S. attorney for Minnesota and frequent guest on this show. Professor Paulos, welcome back to the program.
5: Welcome. It's nice to hear the sound of your voice, Jordana. Oh, you're kind. I'm <laughs> glad to
2: be here with you. Thank you. And yes. this this is a tough story because yes. I look at this and I feel like where is the justice in this world yet? I guess legally, you can't charge this officer. Is that right?
5: Well, three different entities agreed that charges couldn't be brought. The Attorney general, the Hennepin County attorney, and an independent expert. And so they are saying that based on their review of the evidence that and based on the very high standard that the that the law provides, that they don't believe the actor, the uh, police officer acted unreasonably in this situation. In other words, they believe that the officers here have great leeway to use deadly force under Minnesota law and under federal law and that deadly force was authorized in this situation. Professor
3: Palos, this is uh, Paul. Thank you again for joining us today. And as somebody who has a conceal and carry, and I've said this many times, I think all of us have a right to defend ourselves. And, and what's ironic in this Tragic, tragic case with Amir Locke is that uh, Mr. Locke was trying to defend himself at the same yes. time the police officer was trying to defend himself. And so, you know, I, I just shake my head and I don't know where the law comes down on this, but certainly Amir Locke, from what I understand, had the right.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
4: Correct?
5: That is correct. And law enforcement officers admitted that today, that he lawfully possessed a firearm and that he was doing it to protect himself, given robberies to which he had been subjected. Um, and so I, I think what you're pointing out, there are two different issues. One is that no-knock warrants are extremely dangerous, not just for civilians, but for police as well. So yeah. if Amir Locke, not knowing that his home was being entered by law enforcement, but thinking that he was the victim of a home invasion, had actually fired the first shot, we could have had multiple multiple people dead in this situation, Um which is why I think that Many, many people have been calling for the reevaluation of why no knock warrants are authorized in average situations. They should be reserved for extraordinary situations. Um, and secondly, uh, I, I think it's important to remember that legally the, the issue is not evaluated from the perspective of the victim. The courts look at whether uh, force was reasonable or excessive, viewed from the objective perspective of a law enforcement officer. Um, we don't look at the officer's intent. We don't look at motivation. We don't look at any possible racial bias. According to the courts, none of that is considered.
2: Okay, so we're just supposed to look at the fact that the officer claims to have seen a gun in Amir Locke's hand, he felt he was in danger, and he pulled the trigger. That's is, exactly is right. This Okay, is this considered a case of what they refer to as qualified immunity?
5: Well, qualified immunity is what the officers will claim if Amir Locke's family sues them in a civil lawsuit, which uh, every indication is that the Locke family is going to sue at a minimum the officers involved, maybe the Minneapolis Police Department as well. And in that case they're going to claim Uh, no, you shouldn't sue us because we have qualified immunity. We were acting within the scope of our, of our authority. Um, the, the question today was on the criminal side, could they be charged with, for, for murder or manslaughter of Amir Locke? Um, qualified immunity comes up in a civil context between private litigants, and it does sound like, um, based on the fact that they've retained Attorney Ben Crump and his statement today that they will be pursuing, um, their their own private re- remedies as the victim's family,
3: Professor Paulos. I'm I'm curious. No more, no knock warrants in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and they mean it this sure. time. It's, right? It's, they're done now. My understanding, law enforcement, um, if there's a hostage situation, there are right. these special occurrences mm-hmm. where you know the element of surprise is especially important uh, to get you know a good outcome. No lives lost, but so we will lose that that opportunity uh, during hostage situations. But hopefully, save more lives going forward. Uh, something positive coming out of this tragic, horrific story with Amir Locke.
5: Well, I I hope so, and I hope that nationally that something positive comes out of the stories of Amir Locke and Brianna Taylor and so many other people who who have not been guilty of of violent felonies and who are gunned down by police, sometimes in situations where where the police believe that they are under threat. As I say, the violence attendant in these situations could be visited on many people, civilians as well as police. And um, it is time for a national review of this, um, not just for the city of Minneapolis.
2: Before you leave, were you surprised by this um, decision? And then, is banning the no-knock warrants enough, or do there really need to be policy changes to stop these kinds of killings?
5: Um, to answer your second question, I'm not sure that banning the no-knock warrants is enough, and I think that um, we have to we have to have a larger conversation around. Um, healthy relationships with the community. Of course, we need police. Of course, we need them to feel that they can do their job. Um, and, but we also want them to to know, um, to be responsive to and respectful of the communities they serve. And that involves a series of reforms of which no-knock warrants are just one um, from a policy perspective. Um, to answer your first question, was they surprised... Um, I was a little bit surprised, and I was more surprised that there weren't more details about what the evidence showed in the eyes of the attorney general, the Hennepin County attorney, and the independent expert. I mean, they said we are dealing with a very high legal standard here, but I would have liked to have heard more on why the facts in this case did not meet that legal standard, and we didn't hear very much about that today. So I think those would be interesting follow-up questions to understand why this case fell short in their eyes.
3: Great point, Professor mm-hmm. Paulos. Thank you. Thank you for your perspective. And Rachel, I'm I'm sorry about this weather pattern.
5: You know, want to go I just on bought record. the girls their Easter sandals, and I'm oh. really, really not happy with this. So, if you could take it up with the Almighty, Paul, I would appreciate that. <laughs>
3: I I wish I wish I had a direct. Conduit. I <laughs> guess too. I do, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep praying, and uh, it will get better. But apologies to your daughters, and this too shall pass. But we sure appreciate having you on today. Thank you so much, Professor, Professor. Palos, University of St. Thomas. Uh, glad to have you on our show.
2: Thank you. Be well. You bet. You too. See, Paul, you don't understand. There are Easter sandals and Easter dresses involved and in Passover attire. We need it to be nicer out.
3: Well, I... Yeah, I picked out my Easter dress, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go rain or shine. I look uh, good in that thing. I rock that oh
2: Easter dress. Goodness. All okay. right, when we get back, was it Bigfoot or Sasquatch, or is it the same thing? Well, let's talk next. Obama
1: was back in the White House for the first time in five years.
2: He was there to promote Obamacare
1: and to get that pack of smokes he forgot in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> Don't tell Michelle. <laughs> Obama opened his speech uh, memorably.
4: Vice President Biden, Vice President, that was a joke. It's funny.
1: I'm not sure if I buy that that was a joke. I think he went up there and the first thing he said was a gaffe. He and Biden have more in common than we thought.
3: It didn't sound like a joke. <laughs> Well, that's one of the conspiracy <laughs> theories out there, right? Obama's in oh. charge; he has been, and oh, Biden's please. taking orders from More Obama. Oh, God, maybe. Uh,
2: well, then he's screwing it up. You know, then he needs to well, do better. <laughs> yeah. Do better.
3: You think? <laughs> you can have your job back. Who wants that gig? Right? Honest to God. Do better. We think we get criticism. Can you imagine? Right.
2: Ooh, I can't. King, I would never want that job. Can't do anything <laughs>
3: right. Anyway. So there's a whole new definition of shrinkage that caught my eye. Burger King has been sued by customers, Jordana, who claim the Whopper is smaller than advertised. The Whopper may be, well, only something of a smaller Whopper, at least in real life. There's a new class action lawsuit for Burger King customers with nothing better to do are suing the chain over its marketing, claiming the company makes the burger look 35% bigger in its ads than it is in reality. And I have to say, and and I like Burger King, I've consumed my share of Whoppers, but you know the food in reality never looks as good as no the way. food in the magazine no or the Mm-mm. food on the TV commercial. It never does. Mm-mm. So are you Mm-mm. really... Is it, this I've is how we those spend our
2: time? Yeah. McDonald's hamburgers uh. and those Burger King. I, I eat the Impossible Burger when I go, and that's actually pretty big because those are pre made patties, but they're mm-hmm. kind of floppy, you know, when you go get fast food, and they do not look that way on the commercials. So, you know what? Maybe it's time for them to uh, pay up.
3: You think? So, I, it, I mean, might, it might be time. Class action lawsuit. What? Everybody gets. Well,
2: Look, there was I, the McDonald's hot coffee thing. They, you know, remember back yeah. in the eighties or the early nineties oh, when remember. they spilled, Grandma spilled hot coffee. And remember the "Where's the Beef" campaign? Maybe yeah, you Wendy's. know we need a "Where's the Beef" campaign for, uh, for, for the, whop- for, Mac- for the Whopper. Yeah, it's supposed to be a Whopper. When you say the word Whopper, you expect something to be large, whopping. You know, so it's,
3: <laughs> it's whopping. <laughs> Is that a word?
2: Speaking of large. Uh, Can we please go back to the really important debate of the day? What's that? Uh, Professor Schultz mentioned that there is a debate in his class about whether Bigfoot is the same as Sasquatch. Now, everybody remember, I saw Bigfoot crossing Route 80 in northeast Pennsylvania about Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. It was the late 90s. Ran right in front of my car. Um, And so I know that there is at least one Bigfoot that is, I imagine, maybe he's still alive today. I don't know. Living in Northeast Pennsylvania, and but I Googled it, and Wikipedia and and Encyclopedia Britannica says Bigfoot and Sasquatch are the same thing. They're just different names for the Hmm. same thing. So would you agree with that?
3: By the way, Alex Jones is online too. Oh my God! He he wants to hear more about your Bigfoot Sasquatch encounter.
2: The text there's a texter that says I think they're
3: the same. I think they're the same.
2: Well, the texter says, Jordana, there are two subgroups of Sasquatch, Eastern and Western. Eastern are smaller and more aggressive. You saw an Eastern in Pennsylvania. Really? Eastern and Western? Eastern and Western Bigfoots or Sasquatches. That's what they're saying. And I guess I saw an Eastern one. I mean, he was running pretty fast across the – I mean, that was smart that he was running. He was smart enough to know he had better, better, you know, hike across the highway because – you don't want to get hit by a car. I mean, nobody would survive that. The car would not make it either. He was very large and hairy.
3: And and again, what were you consuming immediately <laughs> before that encounter with Sasquatch on I eighty? I I just I
2: I was driving. So again, driving. I, He ran yeah. past my car. I did work late that night. I was on the eleven o'clock news, so and you then were I was driving an hour home. So was you late. were
3: sleep deprived, just and just you were late. hallucinating. Okay, it was just late, but um.
2: Yeah, Actually. there you go. So I, I remember seeing Bigfoot. Uh, give us a follow on social media at P Weather. For me, it's Instagram at Jordana Verde. You can always follow our social channels at WCCO Radio as well. That's where we post the podcasts and we tweet yeah. and put up Twitter polls and all the good stuff uh, goes up there.
3: Hey, Senator Amy Klobuchar is joining us mm-hmm. next. We have a lot of questions for the good senator. That's, That's coming up next on CCO.